You're listening to Red Nation Online. He looks at the options ahead and Juvenko is one of them to the right side. Juvenko, forward for Josie Altidore, who's onside, lovely touch to control! And a fabulous finish from Josie Altidore gives TFC the lead. Saturday, June 17th, with Prospect 11's Aaron Nielsen, I'm Ian Clark. We're back from BMO Field and another 2-0 win, this time over DC United. It was a different home display from TFC, who could not get out ahead this time in the first half, but two assists from superstar Giovinco in the second half were enough to secure all three points and keep them undefeated at home. We discussed the key players outside of Giovinco and Altador, namely Victor Vasquez, Chris Mavinga, and Marky Delgado, who all put in a good performance. We also discussed the Voyagers Cup, the Champions League, and also the Gold Cup. It's all that and more on the next 45 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. again. I just like, come on. Same old, same old. Winning at home. Dominating soccer score. Ugh. I mean, no. I'm as I. I obviously I kid. We're back from being. I think. I think it actually. Sorry to interrupt your. Hold on. This is. I have to do the stock entry. Okay. Back from BMO Field. R&O rooftop studios. A beautiful night. Yeah. Beautiful night. We can see the the cityscape. It's like we're in New York City or something here. Mm -hmm. And uh, a two-nil win. But Aaron. Not the usual 2 0 win. Maybe we could say it like that. Yeah. It usually took a while. it's 2 usually it's 2 0 okay, 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 in the first half. Okay. That's the point okay, I'm getting at. Sure. Yeah, it took a while for it to get the goals. But no, my point I was going to say um, was is I almost feel this team now fits the. Because I was at the game today. And so I almost feel this team fits the Toronto crowd, right? You know, because not, not that Toronto expects a winner. Like, you know, you always have the team that you're rooting for that doesn't do well and you're hoping they do well and everything like that. But, you know, today I noticed being at the game is the expectation from the crowd, right? Like, it was looking... One of the problems, especially when it comes to soccer, but when it comes also to sports, is if you are winning, it is ho-hum, right? It is like, oh, um, you know, we win all the time. And you've seen, you know, LA Galaxy, but you've seen in other sports teams losing interest because everyone just expects them to be a winner and, and all that kind of stuff. But because, you know, and to credit to Toronto, but because I think there is a awareness from the Toronto fans... That is, and end those years of struggle. <laughs> it's finally yeah. like it's finally like our complaints, you know, our, our you know frustrations are have some bite behind them. And 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 tonight's game kind of showed it because it was like I don't think at any point we were behind in the game. And and it, you know the, the most interesting to me when the game started was is DC was almost playing for the time or wasting or at least wasting time. And it was one of those things where everything was a bit close or the referee was a bit. You know, a bit. A bit. <laughs> I don't think that ref- referee was a bit anything. I don't think. He- um, but you know, what I mean, and that yeah. frustration was sort of building up, and then the goals were, I guess, reward for our our, our anticipation. Yeah, but, or. Uh, but you know, there's certainly persistence. Deserved. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just seemed. It seemed like, you know, it seemed to me almost. It's maybe might just not might fit, but it almost seemed like one of those cha- uh, Champions League game where you have a good team against 
you know, Lugritz or, yeah. you know, some other random team. And it's yeah. like you you want to win. You know you're going to win. But you also want the team to, you know, prove you proud and stuff like that. And certainly Altidore's goal did that tonight. Yeah, and I think to, to start this off, there's a lot of – there's sort of like a, a lot of context mm. uh, in this game. We talked about some con- – but also just coming into the game. Sure. You know, there was obviously a break. Uh, yeah. You know, a Michael Bradley wonder goal. Yeah. You know, Toronto FC coming off that three 0 loss in New England, yeah. and what we think of that. I if I'm not mistaken, we were you, you, yeah, myself, and Josh were, yeah. were the last yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, but there was a nice break, and it's funny that you know maybe one thing I would say that not necessarily sight and sound, but into this game, and I wonder if the crowd felt that too. Is that we were saying two weeks ago we were a little soccered out. Yeah, I did. And, I did definitely notice. Like even coming into the game, I noticed the anticipation. You know, I noticed on the message board where people talk, but also where tickets become available, that the want for tickets were greater. And it almost, you know, it felt like, um, you know, it it felt longer than, you know, I guess the last time they played at home was uh, two or three weeks ago, and it felt longer than that. Yeah, I think, (laughs) yeah, for sure. And I think also, you know what it is? I I think part of it might have been, like we said, the New England game was a game to forget, and probably not a lot of people watched it. So that kind of, I think, fits into it where it feels like it has been. Well, also, also, this is, I guess, the start where MLS is the cal- is the soccer calendar, right? Because the last, the other issue with the other game we were with last was that the ch- well, that was the Champions League final, and with no Euro this year and no World Cup this year, you know, MLS is you know going to take most of the attention from for soccer people like soccer in North in Toronto. Yeah, and if we talk about this fixture this this match the opposition uh, you know we we noted and you know I think we've talked about it several times over the last few years right the the interesting divergence mm-hmm. of DC United and Toronto FC because at one point they were essentially yeah. two of the worst teams yeah. in MLS well, well was it the the guy who came here from DC. <laughs> oh right, uh, pain. Pain. So yeah. that, that's the main, probably the main reason, right? Because we were looking at what he did at DC and what potentially he could have done. And Nielsen. Nielsen was a DC. Oh know, Nelson, yeah, yeah, right. Nelson yeah, was a true. DC guy as well. So it was almost, you know, there, we they, you know, they had our footprints on this team until uh, Wiki came in, and then there was almost an LA footprint, and now there's. Yeah, you know, and we footprint. and we drew that that uh, people think back. It was I think it was 2013, mm-hmm. where. DC was having a great open cup run. Yeah. And they came to Toronto and both these teams were just fucking god awful. Yeah. And they decided to not put their best starting eleven on against Toronto. And I think we beat them four one. Yeah. And then so they lost that game and then they lost the US Open Cup. So it was a double whammy for them that they Yeah, they and the interest the inter- two interesting things from that is how totally counts four years ago. <laughs> Because it doesn't seem well. I guess it does seem that long ago, but it also doesn't seem that long ago. So, uh, last season was yeah. Feels like it was a long. I uh, felt um, old. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is some of the players who played tonight for DC were part of that. Both were part of that team that was rested for that Open Cup game, but they were also part of that team that played that day, right? A couple of younger guys and stuff. So, and again, I think it shows the growth, I guess, or the direction of MLS and saying that arguably you cannot um, criticize DC for developing its own players, but that's my, that's probably not enough now in, in MLS, where at one day that was, you know, when we, one of the original podcasts we did was um, Sporting KC's, the, their um, MLS oh, yeah, Cup sure. win, right? And their team was based on that, right? And so, you know, it's not your grandfather's... <laughs> MLS or your <laughs> yeah. your uncle's MLS or whatever. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we also, I'm trying to think. You know, we put that that 
opposite like that uh, our opposition into context of like you know where they've gone how we've gone um, and if you look at this game especially coming out of that New England loss and this crazy schedule that Toronto's got yeah. queued up right but if you can you can only say one thing about this game is obviously we put the best team forward yeah and I think you know you maybe give a little bit of credit that I think you know Vanny or Toronto CC is like this is you know opportunities have to be taken when they're presented in a team like DC I think it's the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. You, know, you have to get those three points. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what they looked at tonight. I mean, you look at that roster. It's And, you know, maybe one player in there that's maybe worth discussing a possible rotation. And I think it's a thing where it's like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, with his, which is a Delgado. I think that's mm-hmm. a guy that you can still kind of question of, yeah. is he good enough to be the every-time starter? But I think that's what it comes down to is like, hey, if we're winning. Um, and as we know, it's a, you know, Bono is clearly – Emerged as the number one yeah. over Irwin. Yeah. The back line of Betashore and Moro on the wings, and then Zavaleta, Amour, and Mavinga. And I thought Mavinga had a pretty good game tonight. Yeah, I, I, the, the one thing I noticed is how far up, and maybe that was playing to the opposition, but how far up Betashore and Moro were playing. And, and I almost thought that you get, you know, is that confidence partly the opponent you're playing, but also because, for lack of a better term, Bono's more of a sweeper keeper than Irwin. So you don't expect, and, and Mavinga is athletic, so you don't expect to, you know, be caught out as much. And so you're, you're allowed to, as a fullback, to move up quicker and stuff like that. So it was interesting because, to be honest with you, you know, if you look at a passing map or whatever, I thought that this we had the farthest wingers that I've ever seen Toronto FC have, even sure. though they're the fullbacks, right? Because we never historically played wingers. You know, not until not since you know way back when when uh, Coverman's was the guy you would try to shoot the ball to. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we took the whole pitch. Like, like honestly, you know, partly it's the opponent you're playing. But I thought, you know, even though we weren't um, didn't score a goal, I thought in the first 20 minutes the way we sort of held possession and we sort of controlled the game and we kind of had opportunities and guys running off the ball and a whole bunch of good stuff going on. Yeah, so. it's the first opening, the start of the game did kind of feel like your typical yeah. Toronto FC home game in 2017 um, where you kind of thought, and I had that note that it was like early on, you know, we had two good chances, you know, the eighth minute, Joe Vanko and, and Josie had a give and go yeah. that didn't quite come through and I think that's something we've seen this season as they've been working really well together. Uh, what was the other one? We had a corner um, oh, and Vasquez tried tried to knock a one one timer on there, and you kind of got that feeling, you know, around the twenty minute mark. It was only a matter of time. Yeah, it felt like. And I thought Bershaw had a couple of chances from the right wing that he, you know, could have done better with, or mm-hmm. or things could have happened more from those opportunities. Yep. And that was, you know, the first half saw a couple of the great plays. The one was where Jovinko had that quick release around twenty five yards out. Hamid couldn't get a handle on it and had the loose ball. Yeah, and then Altador almost. Josie came flying in and almost put a header on it. And then not much after. What was the one I had here? Oh, it was a Betashore had that header. Yeah. Right, that's the one you're talking about. Moro crossed it over to Betashore. And uh, (laughs) yeah, and it was interesting. I just mean, I guess you had to give a little bit of credit to DC on this one because they were, you know, playing a, a bit stubborn. But it seemed like in that end of that first half, Toronto may have been getting... A little impatient, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of like I think they're used to maybe getting those goals by that point, and they're kind of thinking shit. And the halftime yeah, came yeah, at I the think, right I, point. I think that was almost to do with, as I said, I think I think the two things. If I was going to first half, and and you know, and this is where we can bring up the refereeing as well. Oh, true. But um, you know, the first thing is, is that Toronto came out, dominated play, did not connect with those opportunities. 
so then the game kind of slowed down a bit. But where DC changed is Acosta was by far their best player tonight, and they moved him to the wing. And because Bergeron and Morrow were so up front, and because just the system Toronto plays, there and and even on defense, Toronto kind of uh, you know steps backwards opposed to press in, in defense. So it gave DC a lot more possession, and it gave DC some opportunities. Now again, I don't think. You know, I think those are opportunities that Toronto accept. You know, like, for example, because of the type of keeper Bono is, I think you want guys crossing into the box. Because I think of any MLS keeper, Bono's probably the most sure, you know, running out and grabbing a, you know, grabbing a, a cross and stuff. Clearly like that. seems to be, right? Yeah. One-handed so, sometimes, yeah. too. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think that that's, you know, I, I think that's the type of opportunity Toronto will allow against them. But I did think you then you saw the frustration with the referee. You know, you saw some you know oh, right, goofy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> goofiness, mm -hmm. and then you know, and then the one where Javinko got the yellow card and he you know threw the ball on the ground partly because of a play, but partly I think that that was the sort of the referee frustration coming to its <laughs> like the one you know the one that that I got was I thought was stupid was Vasquez, like like they wouldn't he wouldn't allow Tron to take fast free kicks. Right, but at the same time, he wouldn't move DC guys from the free kick taker. Right, so Vasquez, I think on purpose, kicked the free kick right into the DC guy to show the referee, look, these guys are not giving me space, and the referee played, like let this let the let player the play, play go, go on. on. So Vasquez, cynically, you know, went after the guy and, and gave, took out a bit of a shin. But <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think like there was multiple ones this game. But, we, if we do, let's we do a little sidebar on this referee, and yeah. I wish I caught his name. You know the the first one that was like hilarious that kind of made me. You what you sometimes you see these referees, uh, and I'm thinking of our friend from Kitchener Waterloo. I always. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Damn, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Anyways, um, Petrescu. Yeah, but, yeah, Sylvia Petrescu. Uh, you know where the the DC guy was doing the throw in. Yeah. Oh, and he, okay. And he goes, no, move it back. And he goes again. I warned you once. I warned you twice. Toronto FC ball, and you're like, whoa, like. <laughs> You know, like those those kind of you don't see very often. You know, well, like, my, the, my joke, like when the referee, like the, my, my joke, my joke is is that he has like an under thirteen girls game tomorrow, and, and he's just like, I gotta set the parameters for everybody the same. But, yeah, or remind me you know, of like uh, that women the women's Olympics where they, I mean, it wasn't ten seconds, but they the Canadian keeper got called for oh, ten okay, seconds. Yeah, okay, in the box, and you're like, okay. you gotta be fucking kidding yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, well, oh, I had another one that I was... Well, it was almost too, like, like again, you know, I don't know, I didn't get the name of the referee, and I'm certainly not familiar with him, but he was almost being, like, it was almost him, and it wasn't just Toronto, it was almost him against both teams, mm -hmm. right? Like, on a lot of free kicks, you know, generally on a free kick, especially if it's an offside, the player moves the ball up a bit before he can get behind it and kick it, and the referee was playing the ball 15 yards behind <laughs> Like, there's one free kick later in the game. There's one free kick that Acosta got for DC. And it was basically, you know, it wasn't a free kick opportunity, but it was about 30, 35 yards out. And the referee pushed it back like 20 more. And the one I was thinking of was the one where Jovenko got fouled just outside the 18. Like, pretty yeah. Oh, yeah, egregiously. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and, he weighed, and he called advantage. Yeah. Because it went to... Oh, do you mean towards the... To the yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. why would you... I don't... Like... Yeah. There's no, there's no better advantage yeah. than that spot that he was. Well, I mean, it was pretty tight, but still, I'm yeah. just like, come on. So if we circle back into the second half, obviously the team needed a bit of a breather and a bit of a. And I think Toronto probably, if I, if I could imagine the conversation with, from Vanny, would have been like, you know, we've practiced, we know what we're doing. 
the goal will come. Yeah, it will come. Yeah, just, right, just just trust ourselves, yeah. believe in ourselves. Yeah. Like if I was giving if I was giving player ratings, I don't think my ratings would have changed much from the first half to the second half. Even though we scored two goals in the second half, sure. I thought the individual quality of play was equally as strong in both halves. And, and you know, and again, I, I think in some sense. Um, the goal was coming or we always knew that we would have an opportunity to score, right? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the one observation or, or one observation I had coming on the second half is that, the, you know, none of the teams I think were on the field and the first player that was outstanding, waiting, ready to go was Jovinko. Mm, I mean, yeah. He was standing at yeah. the center of the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought he'd be an earlier segue for the podcast just because last time we had. <laughs> well, and again, I thought that was his worst performance as a Toronto FC player in that New England game. Yeah. But I thought he was determined to play this, and you know, despite that, and you know, and people, you know, can say, oh well, he, you know, he, you know, crying, you know, was it, cries himself as pram or whatever, you know, he's kind of uh, a diva and all that kind of stuff, and he showed it when he got the yellow card tonight. Um, just the quality on the two assists he got, you know, not not to circumvent the goals, but just the quality. And and, the, and prior to that, too. Like, like you know, it was interesting because one of the things you wanted to talk about coming into this podcast was, you know, tr- what Toronto's expected to do, how they're expected to score goals. There's this, you know, term called expected goals and stuff like that. And and for the most part, expected goals is based on opportunities you create for your, a team, right? A team creates opportunities, and it's how effective they are at creating those opportunities and scoring on those opportunities. But you see Javinko even in the first five minutes of the game, like the first, the first shot, he created his own, himself. No one else would have been capable of doing that. And then the first cross, like he, he shot a ball into the 18-yard where I think Moro had a chance to connect with it. And again, no other player would have any opportunity to get that. And I don't think we, as I said, I think the difficult thing with Jovinko is, is, is he is that good. It's hard to give him more superb. <laughs> like yeah. I remember, I remember when he was at the peak or, you know, I still think he's at his peak as yeah. a player, but I, I remember when we were initially acknowledging him and we almost started the podcast saying, okay, we can't talk about Jovinko because we'll just talk about Jovinko for the next 45 minutes. And I think we are a bit Malay, you know, like we've seen it so much that yeah. we're not as impressed as much, but um, but at the same time, I think, yeah, I think today certainly showed, right? And, and again, I think any outsider who looked at today's game would certainly put Javinko as the reason, was the main reason that we were as effective as we were. And you, and you, you have to acknowledge, too, within this game, you know, I always think, uh, I don't want to say I always think, but yeah. I, I maybe I, I sometimes worry. Yeah. You know, I think of, like, you know, the Toronto sports fan and sometimes, like, the TFC sports fan or the TFC fan in terms of the generic sense and you know if you don't score they might not think you had a good game yeah i still think that exists yeah yeah well that's that's an american that's the you know the david beckham rule right like david beckham was never a goal scorer so we wouldn't appreciate him because he's that's not you know what he does well the one thing you know because this happened constantly tonight was javinko's ability to take the ball off the wing dribble to the top of the 18 and try to shoot Mm -hmm. right now, the irony is in tonight's game, he was very, probably ineffective with that, right? You know, a few of those shots were blocked. Um, a couple of those shots were t- end up being tame shots for the keeper, right? Yeah. But how many other players do we know who has the key capabilities of doing that, right? You know, like a guy like Vasquez might have the ability to take a shot from the 18 and he might have the ability to dribble in, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's, you know, kind of where they stop. Yeah. Um, you know, if Bradley or Altador is doing their freight train, they can get away with that, but yeah. I don't think that neither of them have really the skill set to do that. Yeah. And to expect that from a, you know, a Zario or a Delgado, yeah. you know, like that's, you're, yeah. you're not going to find and that. There's right? a good, that's a good point because that's something where, 
it you know goals from outside the 18 it happens yeah. but not i would say very few players at all in mls can do it on the regular yeah like jovinko can yeah. and i think that's something that's worth noting and the thing i, I was gonna that was the point that i lost my train of thought on was that you also have to acknowledge that i mean i saw more than one occasion when jovinko was uh, isolated with the ball the double team appeared yeah, yeah yeah right so clearly dc has or and not just dc other teams they've they've keyed in on him yeah and and the one at one point i said to you you know what's gonna hopefully unlock this game is bringing in a player like raheem edwards yeah and you know uh you know he's he hasn't he's going through his first season but i do think in a game like that where it's kind of a little bit I don't know if cagey is the right word, but you know it's a little bit very. It's very chessy. Yeah. So the, the it's very everything seemed like all the moves in the game was flowing, and you need that guy, that sort of like reckless youth, yeah. who's kind of can just kind of shake up the game in a shitty way that's like disrupts the other team yeah. and loosens up things here yeah. and there, and that's sort of what we thought. But I mean, truthfully, it didn't matter at some point because the first goal came. And when we talked about Jovinko, if I remember it correctly, it was. Michael Bradley dispossesses to win the ball. And so we have a counter. And credit to Bradley that he didn't get over anxious. You know, he didn't, because Altidore was making that run. And he could have tried to pitch it over to him through two guys. And he waited. And then he found Jovinko open wide. And then Jovinko's all alone. And you see, you just kind of see, it was really great. Just, you know, you see these plays with these guys and you, you know what they need to do. And, and uh, I get you know we we aren't I think it's I think we're appreciating it because you don't see that that often especially yeah. in MLS where it goes from Bradley to Jovinko who puts I would almost it wasn't perfect but it was perfect enough I would almost say for a player yeah. like I would almost say that you know like maybe it's going too far but I'm almost saying that if the balls you know if that's the balls coming to you we would have scored <laughs> like it was that. Clean, I should that, say that, that because that. if he had put it one more, any more yeah. to the other side, the yeah. defender probably could have reached it. Yeah. And he curled it just enough where it was like, now Altidore had a bit of work to do yeah. on bringing it down. Yeah. So I think you have to give Altidore sure. okay, okay. huge credit okay. on that too. Because okay. it was a little bit behind him, if I remember correctly. Like okay. it wasn't onto the run, so he had to kind of slow his run. And he perfectly just like yeah. pulled it down right. and just split those two defenders. Yeah. And poked it through it, on, yeah. and that was just yeah. And again, I th- and again, you know, this is this will be harsh for me saying this because I think most Toronto fans, most soccer fans, most everybody would know this. But the irony is, is when Spencer did that little pass to um, Morrow, oh Morrow, and scored the the admiration from the announcers was the, almost the same. <laughs> like, oh, this is, and you know, there's a difference between expected pass and a pass that you know only a certain amount of players can do and, yeah. and I just think that that's as I said I think that that's you know was an, it was a spectacular goal in mm-hmm. that capacity so yep and then if we look if we roll through the second half I mean Toronto there was a point too in the second half where I mean I guess DC never really there was a little bit of stretches at the end of the first half where DC had some sustained possession in our end sure there was a little bit again in the second half where they had a few moments. It did now. It did at points to me feel like I was. I know you said you weren't worried, and again, maybe this is the you know PTSD creeping in <laughs> CFC PTSD, where it's like it felt like one of those. And it's not necessarily a TFC thing. It's just it is a soccer. It is a football thing where you know your team 
dominates possession, yeah, yeah, yeah. or they they dominate the chances, and the other team gets their one counter, yeah. and they score off, and you say fuck me. And I kind of had a little bit of like, mm, I hope this isn't one of those nights. And I had a feeling even at one nil, this could be one of those nights where the other team might nick one in off a corner, or you know what I mean? Something a little sure, bit chintzy sure, sure, that sure, sure. doesn't that doesn't reflect the overall game. However. Uh, you know the substitutions that we are we mentioned obviously Raheem Edwards coming in for Beta Shore if I remember correctly yeah. which was a positive change we saw Altador who was kind of struggling with a bit of a knock now he looked like he may he seems I thought he may have jumped up for a for a deep no, ball I and, thought I thought he what he was trying to do is you from what I saw he was trying to thread a through ball and he kind of lost his balance and fell over and I think he twists his ankle but he gave the impression that that one of the DC players was involved in that because after that he was kind of chasing around the DC player. <laughs> yeah, looks like it might have been. What's um, is it burn bomb? Yeah, burn bomb maybe. But um, you know, because because he did, he did look. He looked like there was some sort of revenge need to be taken out there. Um, I just think that that um, I thought the substitutions were right at those. Well, times. I was gonna say yeah. Hamilton comes yeah, in Hamilton next. Came in the, the, I'm sorry, I was I was obviously leading to the next goal and. Jovinko involved again, yeah. so he gets a, he gets two assists on the night, yeah. and it was almost you know what's funny is I uh, I can't remember which game it was I think it might have been you know what it might have been Montreal in okay. the playoffs okay. where he, he had a quick word with Josie saying I'm getting I'm going near post to you, mm. and Hamilton did the same run he ran to the, oh, okay, to, the okay. to the nearest post yeah. and just flicked that ball on yeah, yeah. to the back post and I have to say and then and then. Hamilton sprung. It was did Hamilton spring Osorio? He did mm-hmm. for that nice run at the end. And then Edwards got up on a nice header. Oh, and, and just before Hamilton's post, goal. Post. Yeah, yeah. No, no he, made, he made, forced the save. Yeah, or it was a save. Okay. Yeah, he but. forced a save. And I got to say, uh, someone who's I, you know, I have full confession. The last two years, I've not been a huge fan of Hamilton mm. and his overall like work ethic or demeanor. Uh, this season, I've been more, I don't know, impressed is the word, but I mean, I think he's shown more this yeah, season yeah, than he yeah, has in yeah. any season. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the, you know, I think one of the misconceptions of him was he was hyped up a lot when he came. And then, you know, I, I think, you know, I think it's, I think that's part of the parcel with the club, right? Like if the club is struggling, you have high hopes for a guy and the guy doesn't perform how, what you expect, you're going to get frustrated where if the guy is a... Uh, you know, a depth piece on a very good team, it allows him to grow. And, and you know, and my hope and expectation is is, is that, um, you know, opportunities this season and maybe next season, he can grow onto that and become a sort of a main target guy up there. And, and, and you know, and for him and for himself too, not only be a commodity for Toronto C, but a commodity for the league. Like people see enough from him that they think he's a guy who should be an everyday MLS player. Yeah. And with that, not and and, and the and the other the other thing is is that DC was playing a very defensive lineup before the end of the game they put this guy Ortiz on who is their sort of DP striker guy, um, and he was you know he was he caused some problems, but his technical skills was very poor right and so if you compare that with Hamilton, um, I think it says a lot about Hamilton. Well, and, the, and there was that one play right down the final stretch where. DC should have. They should have had. Yeah. If they had the technical ability, it was a. It was an easy yeah. chance. It, 
It w- you know could have and should have probably been a goal, yeah. but they were a little bit sloppy on the pa- the passing and the interplay, like right around our 18. And uh, you know y- the goal was there. You could see it happening, and they just couldn't. They didn't have the technical ability to pass amongst themselves or do the triangles for that goal to happen. Yeah, and and I, I think I think if Hamilton was an everyday MLS starter, he could be a ten goal goal scorer, right? Yeah. Now the irony for Canada is we got a few of those now because Jackson Amal is doing a, quite a bit of that in Montreal. Well, so, and I was gonna so. say if, if, if Ricketts was a <laughs> yeah, no, ninety no, minute I, player yeah, no, on, know, on a thirty four game, he would. Our, I think he would have ten goals. Yeah, yeah but, for sure. Um, and then with this. Well, there's two things I was going to say. With this win, Aaron, uh, another pizza slice. This is Yeah, uh, I don't know. Do, do they last? How long do they last? Do you, have to you have to do the next day. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I really got to so, go to pizza so I pizza. Haven't, I haven't got my pizza. <laughs> no, I haven't had any. I'm sure pizza pizza is actually like, mm-hmm, this is actually working out great because no one seems to remember. You can only do it the day after. Oh, really? Um, okay. I never think of that. I always thought I was like, I'll have it any time. I'll just collect all these tickets sure. and cash them all in. <laughs> a party, like, pizza party. And it's this participating one. So, I mean, a pizza what's, party on the roof. <laughs> yeah. The other point I was gonna say. Pizza Nova. I, pizza Nova. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a, a bad um, season ticket holder. But if I'm not mistaken. Are we? We're undefeated at home. And the only negative yeah, result yeah, yeah. was the see, the home opener against Kansas City. I assume so. Yeah. Something to say. Now I'm surprised. I was gonna say I'm surprised uh, that the marketing department has not oh. done any kind of fortress BMO. I think, I think they're going to be. Um, you know. I, again. I. I think it's interesting, and again, you know, I don't know if it's for this podcast, but I think they are doing quite a bit on the marketing side, but they're allowing themselves to do it because the uh, feelings with the team is very good and very positive, right? So they're not trying to uh, make up positive news. They're actually trying to implement new ideas and stuff with the club, and now they think they can do it because the overall feeling of the club is very, (laughs) you know, positive and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, you know, it's incredible this year. Like, if you look at generally how well the home team's done in MLS this year, it's, it's pretty amazing. But, um, you know, like, I think, arguably, I think you put this lineup on in any game, home or away, I think we are, you know, the best team in the league. So, you know, I think it's almost as expected, right? Yeah, that's obviously the, that's the difference. And that's the thing that's been... Like I don't, I think it'd be very hard. You know, and, and you know, it's 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 funny saying this because you know you forget what happened la- the last time. But I think it's very hard to play at home now and to feel that we're going to get outplayed, right? Like tonight's game, like tonight's game could have easily ended in a zero-zero draw. But I don't think you know it would have been difficult to do a podcast, and I think we would have been a little bit disappointed. But I don't think the team itself would have been that disappointed. They said we took, you know, we created the chances, we created the opportunities. We're just a bit unlucky. And again, I just I have a hard time now. DC United is is the opposite because they're not one of the good teams in MLS. But you know, I do watch a lot of MLS, and I find it hard to find a team in this league who can even, you know, match us head to head in almost any sort of category. Yeah, and, and not <laughs> to know, like, not to. This is just a mini. Uh, preview segue I mean next Friday's game to me is going to be really interesting because it's New England okay right so not only is it a bit of that but also I mean that's another team that you can use as you know we use DC as kind of like a marker Mm. for this club and I thought New England is also a marker because I think it was I don't remember it was two seasons I think it was three seasons ago right where they just tooled us at BMO Yeah. yeah right and you're like how the fuck is this happening yeah how are these guys just absolutely beating the shit out of us at our own like 
and we had all these deep, we had everything lined up, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was a terrible game from Bradley. I remember that very distinctly. Yeah. Like, he just was just jogging around, not even giving a fuck. <laughs> and, and New England just spanks the shit out of us. So I think, and, and, you know, New England hasn't changed that much in the last few years, right? Like, it's no, still, like, no. it's still Kalen Rowe. It's still Lee Wynn. Yeah, yeah. uh, it's still, you know. Although uh, I think, I think, at least in the last game, I think we gave them too much of the ball and allowed them to dictate and manipulate. Like, we didn't seem, you know, that was the whole argument that we were saying, that who wants to be in Foxborough. Like, we didn't really seem up for that game. I didn't right? want to be at the football <laughs> factory watching that game. Let's, so, say, let's be honest um, with that one. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be it. And, and again, I think it's these tests that that sort of continue to prove that this team, you know, I, I, I don't know when the game against Dallas is, but I think that will be an interesting game because they tend to be the other team who is supposed to be very good. LA Galaxy, I don't even know. Do we even play them this year? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Um, uh, clearly, we didn't <laughs> review the schedule. Uh, no. like New York City FC? Because I think New York City FC, other than Montreal, right, which is our sworn sort of enemy, I think New York City FC is almost more of that. Because I, I think what the interesting thing is, I think when Toronto plays Montreal, Montreal plays their game. Yeah. But I think when Toronto plays New York City, they change their game to play against Montreal. I mean, to play against Toronto. They were the first one to implement the. You know, beat up Javinko kind of thing. Yeah, they had the uh, was that guy Marky Lopez or whatever yeah, yeah, Mikey yeah. Lopez yeah. going crazy and nuts in the in the last playoff game and stuff like that. So that's a team that seems to be going out of their way to see what Toronto FC is effective at and, and saying, you know, we can beat you at your own game kind of thing. And, yeah, and, and again, I think that that's what's going to make like it, it's frustrating in a sense because. Arguably, if this was a typical soccer season, there was no playoff. I'd be starting the parade right now. I'd be paying out the bookies and saying we're <laughs> clear and favorite, and you know this would be a championship run for the rest of the yeah. year. But you know now with the playoffs, you know it's it's just wait and see kind of thing, right? Like yeah, and it was funny. Is the interesting thing is like about this the way this season is rolling out, and you know you talk about the players and. A lot of people are having really good seasons, and we have some really good pieces. And we didn't even talk about Vasquez this game. Who yeah. I thought had, yeah, I thought he did a great. You know, and the one thing I, I observed about him that I thought was really interesting. I haven't mentioned because I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, right, yeah. Only you can. Well, we'll do, you know what I'll do? I'll have a little snippet where on the audio I, I say Vasquez, and every time you you're about to say his name, I'll, I'll just Vasquez, drop it in. Vasquez, so Aaron, I'll just send it to you, Vasquez. Vasquez. <laughs> I, it was really, I thought it was really... My observation with him that I thought was pretty cool was that it doesn't matter what ball he gets. Yeah. Like, it, it can be perfect on the ground, or it can be a fucking shit ball. Yeah. He takes that and puts it where he wants anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. it could be a crappy bouncing, yeah. like, the or top speed or whatever. Yeah. And he, and he knows the next guy that the ball needs to get to, and he gets it there. Yeah. Well, and, and it's and really that's, interesting that's to see. kind of the first 20 minutes of the game, right? Because I thought Toronto was very fluid. I thought Vasquez was a leader in that. And that was the one issue. Now, I thought you, you during the, when we were at the game, you, you were giving Delgado credit, and you thought that he did very good defensively, and he put himself out there. But, you know, that's the one thing, again, you know, from my experience, again, this feeling like, uh, you know, a dominating team versus a weaker team. It's that, it's in those guys get to show off, right? It's those guys get to, you know, pass it around and get to pick their, their you know, to, you know, pick their opportunities and things like that. And again, I don't think, um, you know, I, again, I think Vasquez fits right in there, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was a good game from him. And then we kind of talked about, I mean, the players that stood out to me, 
Yeah, you like Mavinga as well. You thought he was very and, and maybe it's one of those things where it's like I'm still, or not, maybe not still, but I mean, I wasn't, haven't been totally sold on him. Yeah. And I do think he's getting his opportunities because obviously they brought him in for a high fee. Yeah. So they have to, and, it, of course, and I mean, Haglin's injured, so that's one reason why, but I just kind of think that's why. But I thought tonight... Well, I think the interesting thing about him is he's the first athletic center back Toronto FC's had since probably Henry. Mm-hmm. Right? And and that's sort of what, you know, like this notion, you know, like that's the problem with the MLS is you get these sort of um, trends, right? Where you need like a old sturdy stand center back who just, you know... Or you <laughs> a Colombian, like a yeah. hard-nosed Colombian. Yeah, or like something it. like yeah, that, right? right? But, you know, there, there is a benefit, you know, like there's you know you worry a bit but there is a benefit by having an athletic you know henry was was the atypical because <laughs> you worried every time he came close to the ball but at the same time you know the ability to run back the ability you know like there was a play today where he you know because i think in his head he thinks he's a left back so there's a play today where he was doing good defensive work on the wing and then you said oh well you know you're a center back but then something played in the center, and he was able, you know, he was athletically able to get back into the center and be a part of that defensive action as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the benefit of having a super athletic defender because he can cover, you know, Bradley is the, you know, probably the best example of that, but he can cover, you know, far more greater size of the field, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the only thing that, that nice little, like, note on this game, too, that we didn't mention was, of course, the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, DC had one probably real real good shot on goal yeah. that Bono made a great save yeah. for and uh, you know I'm hoping Kurt Larson says he's one of the best shot stoppers <laughs> in the league after this game funny how we've heard no comments for about how Bono's played this season no. and, oh. I was actually I don't, I don't know I don't know if we're going to get into the Lauren thing and stuff like that but I was going to give Kurt props because I thought he handled that very well <laughs> You know, like he handled it as a news story. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, we can, we can. Well, we. I think because I, I did want to kind of say how it's like the the schedule that's lining up is just fucking bonkers. Yeah. And I think there's that game. I think we have two games in three days. Like that got screwed up in the schedule. I think oh, it's this okay. week. Okay. Because the Argos are playing. Mm. Everyone's very excited about the Argos <laughs> at BMO. Still, it's they, great. They, it's a they, great setup for us. They wrecked the TV. <laughs> yeah. So that was our speculation. And I think that kind of like fits into that because obviously the Gold Cup is coming up. So yeah. Toronto's trying. I think if I'm not mistaken, if I remember here this right, we're gonna get these guys. I have, Vanny's I have, gonna try to squeeze them in for as many games as possible. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say was because okay. we're playing in the Voyagers Cup, yeah. and I think it was. Well, we'll keep Kurt on the topic today because he tweeted out something where it's like I think the front office of the club very much wants to be in the Champions League this next go round because and and it makes sense because you've talked about this before in terms of like. You know, teams having the ability to build a team and they should go for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and definitely. Toronto is in a position right now. And I think that's, oh, because I think it, this again all ties in where it's like we're watching this team play and I'm saying to myself, and you're saying it too, this is the best team in the league. Yeah. This is probably one of the best teams yeah. I think I've seen in, in the yeah. 11 seasons, whatever we've been watching MLS. Why, the, the Champions League makes perfect sense to be yeah. like well, as I part of your little, ambition. I'll, I will say I am a little concerned hearing that from Toronto's uh, front office because to me it could mean, hey, this is an opportunity to give our TFC2 guys chances to play in real games and those guys are really going for it, right? Like it just, you know, that notion that we're really going for it almost to me in, in some way says this is a great opportunity for these guys who are not getting games to play. I enjoyed when Toronto was in the Champions League in the past, and I think if you get a team like Santos or UNAL or someone like that playing 
you know, at BMO, I think that'd be a great sort of Wednesday night game, and it, and it would be a proving ground. Like, I think that's one of the problems. I think when you're so good is, is creating goals to keep motivated, right? Yeah. Because, you know, again, based on the structure of this, this how this, um, you know, league is set up, you know, it doesn't matter if you win 18 games, 15 games, you know, 25 games, as long as you get into the playoffs and have a bit of control there, right? Yeah, so, and the interesting thing is that this iteration of the team hasn't played in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. So Jovinko has never played against Cruz Azul yeah. or UNAL or Tigres or whatever, yeah. and, and all these great Mexican well, again, teams. I think I think that I think both Eltador and Bradley would be motivated because I think there is certainly within the American media there is this attachment to the Champions League and how USA plays against Mexico in World Cup qualifying, and I do think it's an opportunity for Javinko to show himself against guys who are not necessarily going to you know chase down Javinko right yeah. like like let Javinko play right like I think you know the irony is is you know I think. You know, as dynamic as Javinko is in MLS, you know, him and, you know, the Mexican League or the Costa Rican League would even be more dynamic because, you know, they kind of, well, uh, those yeah. individual skill type players, And we've right? seen this, exa- like we've seen Julian Guzman's best yeah. games for TFC yeah. were often in the Champions League. Well, the Santos game with Plata, right? Even yeah. though we got... Scored a header. Or, but yeah. Scored no. a fucking no, header. No, but, but the... the you know, and Playa's always a guy with a smile, but I saw his smile on his face that, like, look, I'm getting space, I'm, you know, I'm being able to run, you know, if, it, like, tonight, the irony is a lot of those, you know, you could argue that Javinkel tries to make his own fouls, but those fouls will get called in CONCACAF world, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think it But he is. might not even get fouled like that in the CONCACAF yeah, true, world, true. right? Like, he yeah. might be allowed to continue his run. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, let's do, let's do this. Let's I got, I got... I got something for you. Okay. Because I think it's interesting because you said the Gold Cup, right? Yep. Canadian players better on Toronto C or better playing the Gold Cup? So Hamilton, Edwards, Ricketts, would you rather see them go to Canada and play with the Gold Cup or would you rather starters oh, yeah, in cup. Canada right. when, when Altador and Bradley and those guys are gone? Yeah, that's actually that's a good, that's a good question. That's a very good question. You know, club yeah. or country, man. <laughs> club or country. Um, well, even for the player, right? Like, like, does Edwards is Edwards better off starting three MLS games in a row, or is he better off starting three games or Hunder, sitting on the bench? Hunder, well, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. The jungle will get. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, I think that's a maybe. You know, I would probably say. If, like, if we tread through this question, I mean, I would probably ask Zambrano and say, you know, we'll obviously release these guys to you, but you need to ensure me who's going to be playing. Mm. Who's going to be an actual... If, if Edwards is not, we need... I want... I'm going to play him. Yeah. So I think I think there's a conversation there, obviously, between Canada okay. and TFC. Okay. I mean, like, let's talk about where the minutes might fall, and if, if more minutes are going to come with Toronto FC, then Edwards should... I think he should stay with TFC. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's kind of the way it should... And we've seen Osorio, obviously had been left out of games and that you got minutes out of that. Yeah. So I'm a little bit, yeah, a little bit torn because at the same time, you know, you talk about Ricketts playing in the Gold Cup or with TFC, I'm perfectly okay with Jackson Hamill getting his chance with Canada. Sure, You know what sure, I mean? Sure, like, so sure. I'm not... Um, well, I almost say, like, I'm not overly uh, motivated by the Gold Cup. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, and and arguably, I still think as a Canadian, we are in this sort of transition from one sort mm-hmm. of team to another sort of team. 
I would almost like these guys to establish them more themselves in the league than I would care for while they're effective in the national team. <clears throat> in right? that tournament. In that tournament. Yeah. You know? Because again, I think I think as a Canadian, I think you're looking more towards the I guess twenty twenty two yeah. qualifying, which yeah. arguably a lot of these guys are not gonna be a part of. I think there's enough Canadians playing in Europe that, you know, they want their final song or they want to prove that you know like a guy like um dario dario zanetta zanetta right like he's a guy who again you know at this point you know it'd be difficult for me to say hamilton Z uh, zanetta jackson mel who's the better player right you know because you know scotland's a different league and he's not starting with scotland but he you know he came up through qpr's academy you know so there's a lot of positive things going to in terms of his development you know and so you know, it'll be interesting. But, yeah. But I, I just find it funny because, you know, everyone's talking about Bradley and Eltador going for the Gold Cup, but almost is hurting Toronto is potentially Edwards, Ricketts, and, and Hamilton. Right? Yeah. Because, because, you know, like, and we, and we kind of brought up the last podcast, but can this team be effective without their main guys? And, and probably the answer overall is no, but I think they're good enough to some level to compete yeah right like i thought if you know if you took the big names away from this game and then we saw in the final 20 minutes of the game i thought this team could compete with dc united sure and so you know and again i think that might do better for edwards and hamilton's confidence than you know playing in front of yeah, 20, getting, 20 people in houston yeah, against against <laughs> guatemala or some shit right and just yeah. like getting a few minutes here and there yeah yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty fair comment. Without making maybe comments on like roster stuff or whatever, but I mean, not, you know, the the overarching thing that's upcoming is the Gold Cup and a crazy schedule that's ahead for Toronto FC. Even though there's a break. Well, I think on that, we'll wind it out. Obviously, Toronto's got Voyagers Cup games coming up. They've got New England next Friday, um, so we'll probably most likely be back on here after Friday. It'll give everyone a heads up. After Friday, I'm going on vacation for two weeks, but I think Steve and Andre might mm. hold down the next bunch of tickets over that period and hopefully the the Zoom recorder. So I don't think the pods will be completely interrupted while I'm gone for, I think, the 25th or the 9th. I'll be away. So I'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. Aaron, everyone knows, everyone, as everyone knows, yeah. ENB Sports. Yep. Uh, on Twitter, Prospect11 yep. on Twitter. Um, I don't know if anything's big's coming up right now. Uh, no. Um, well, it was interesting because I did the two articles on the League One Ontario prospects and the P PLSQ prospects. And the one thing I mentioned to PLSQ prospects is I'm not based in Quebec. So although I'm aware of certain good players in that uh, province, um, you know, I'm not familiar with everybody. And it's interesting, since then, people from other regions of the country have either asked me to do scouting lists for their province or their region, or come back to me with who they thought. And I think that that would be a great conversation, you know, hashtag CanPL. Yeah. But that would be a great conversation going forward, right? Because, and again, I'm not here to, you know, respond to the uh, trolls and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, XYZ? <laughs> I don't know who that was. Um, They're from Quebec. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know, again, I think that 
knowledge is you know knowledge knowing more is better right yeah and as i and, and again you know i think i one of the problems i find is is that there's almost a fear develops that if you think someone knows everything or knows too much or you think the conversation is more too complicated that you feel you, you can't be a part of it and and i don't want us on the podcast and i don't want red nation online ever to be like that right because you know you could probably say this better than i can but red nation online basically came from young people who were, you know, many probably new to the game and trying to be a part of it and say their opinion and, you know, give their views and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, it's, it's ironic because I think this is one of the problems with TFC and themselves. But, you know, when soccer keeps on establishing itself in this country, the last thing I want to see is the separation between people in the know and, and you know, the other people. Like, yeah. I, th I think one of the great things about soccer is that, you know how it's located in Canada is that everyone can be involved in it right yeah. we're not all experts right you know we're not doing minute debates if we're having a hockey conversation or, or uh, you know we all have a fair opinion right well even though you said that I'd still probably block you on Twitter Aaron. <laughs> I'll sure. say about that right. uh, and everyone knows you can get me at Clark Arno on Twitter or at Red Nation online info or have your say at rednationline.ca I love hearing from people, tweets and all that stuff. You get feedback now and then. Oh, the storm's starting to roll in. I thought the guy who blocked me was XYZ. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You never know, Aaron. So we're going to leave it at that, guys. Um, like I said, we'll be we'll be back on for the New England game. And as always, Aaron, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.